Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Akev Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Akev. This Aliyah should sound familiar to us because it contains the second paragraph of Kriyashma. The general topic of our Aliyah is the uniqueness of the land of Israel. Let's take a look at it. It is 12 Pesukim long, running from Perik Yud Aleph, Pasuk Yud to Chof Aleph. The basic summary is there's two paragraphs in it. The first paragraph deals with Israel versus Egypt. How Moshe tells Israel, the land you're entering is not like Egypt, where you plant it and you, you kick open the, the sluice gates and irrigate the land like a green garden. The land you're coming to is one of mountains or valleys which depend on rain. It's a place where the, the eyes of God are on it from the beginning until the end of the year. The second paragraph is the, the second paragraph in Kriyashma, the condition of keeping the mitzvahs, which says the following. If you listen to the commandments that I give you today, to love Hashem with all your hearts and souls, then I'll give you rain for your crops, I'll gather you, and you'll gather everything from the field, there'll be food at the right time, your cattle, your, your livestock will eat and be satisfied. But Hashem warns us, be careful not to be enticed and serve other gods and bow to them. Because in such a case, HaKadosh Baruch will get angry with, with the nation of Israel, remove the rain and finally exile them from the good land. At which point of some time, Mr. then you'll place these matters, these, this Torah on your arms and your heads, that's tefillin. You'll teach them to your children in your house when you walk on the street and when you go to sleep and wake up. And HaKadosh Baruch reminds us to write them on our doorposts of our homes, which are our and if we do this, when your days and your days, your children will be lengthened upon the earth that Hashem gave to you. That is the end of the summary of our Aliyah. A few basic points to ponder because it's a very profound Aliyah. Point number one to think about is Israel is Israel better or worse than Egypt in this description? You know, in, if you look at the words in the Pesukim, on the one hand it says, this is not like Egypt where you could feed it like Kagana Yarok, this green garden. Is that, does that mean Israel is not like a green garden? Is that good or is that bad? Rashi takes the position that clearly Israel is always better than Egypt. He quotes a passage in Bamidbar that Hebron was built seven years before Tso'an of Mitzrayim, one of the cities in Egypt. And the, the Medrash says you always build the most elaborate and most beautiful thing first. So I, Israel is built first. Israel is more important than Egypt, clearly. How is that expressed? Rashi explains, well, the fact that in Egypt you could open up the canals to feed the land, but that only works on the flatlands. Israel is a land of of mountains, of valleys, well that doesn't work when it comes to canals. The canals don't reach the mountains. There's not enough way, there's no way to feed a very complex country that which is not like Egypt, which is which is more arid, which has more mountains and 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 uh, and, and valleys. So it is rain necessary, it's the gift of God. So Hashem feeds the entire land himself even without any work on your side. That's the way the Rashi looks at it. Raman takes it in the opposite direction. He says, no, Israel is in fact more challenging than, e than Egypt. Egypt has its own built-in water supply, the Nile River, which feeds the, the land, the people, the animals, the livestock. Israel depends on rain, which means to say Israel is, technically speaking, more vulnerable. They're more dependent on the goodwill of Hashem from moment to moment, which means that if Hashem would want to destroy either land, it would be easier to destroy Israel than Egypt, God forbid, because Hashem would just have to withhold the rain rather than do something to the already existing water supply as well. Another question, does Hashem not care about the other lands? Because it sounds like it, that the eyes of Hashem are on this land from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. So the um, Rashi explains, no, Hashem does take care of the, the whole earth, but it comes through his concern with Israel first and foremost. You see this just by the news cycles. Israel gets a disproportionate amount of focus in the entire world. Even those who are anti-Semitic are trying to understand this, are, who, are, who are focused completely around the land of Israel. 
Another brief question is, is what is this notion of that the eyes of Hashem, Einei Hashem um, are, the, are on the land of Israel, Meresheus Hashanah from the beginning of the year, Varachris Hashanah. You'll notice there's an interesting diok, and that is that it's, it says Meresheus Hashanah from the beginning of the year till the end of a year. What happened? Isn't it the year anymore? So it's understood to mean that, generally speaking, when we start the year, it's always, you know, the resolutions, and it's, this is going to be the year, and I'm going to lose the weight, and I'm going to be a better person, and I'm going to get up in the morning, and I'm going to be a great parent, and I'm going to be a great child and a great sibling. And at the end of the year, you know, sort of, you know, like with a whimper and not a bang, it's, uh, you know, you walk out, and it's, okay, it was just another year. So the, uh, it, it's interesting The Satna Rebbe points out, that um, when it uh, when the we say in Nusach Svar it says Acharis Kareshis I have redeemed you from the end to the beginning like the beginning the idea is is when your ends can look like your beginnings with the same passion the same zeal the same excitement that is when real Geula comes is when you're able when you're able to bring that end to the uh, to to the beginnings the idea I heard from my friend Alan Wexelbaum on this particular on this particular passage with a very beautiful perspective. Let's move into the, into the, the, the paragraph of Kriyas Shema here. There is a very a lot a lot to think about, and that is is why do we need the second paragraph of Kriyas Shema? It's, it contains the same ideas of putting on tefillin, learning Torah, teaching children, and we're uh, and and putting and putting up a mezuzah. So why is the, this again um, here? So um, it is interesting. There are three different ways of looking at it. Why it is necessary to have the two paragraphs of Kriyas Shema, which are very similar in content. Number one is the it's understood that the first paragraph, which is the, in Parshas Vayeschanan, is Kabbalas or Malchus Shemaim, accepting the yoke of heaven in general. This one is Kabbalah's or Mitzvahs, accepting the yoke of Mitzvahs, of commandments, which means the nitty-gritty granule. Like, what does that commitment look like in your life? Keeping Mitzvahs, which is why Mitzvahs in general are mentioned in this paragraph. That's one difference. The second difference is individual versus community. The first paragraph is geared and is in Eloshan Yachid. He's talking to individuals, whereas the second one is talking to the community. In a plural and finally, the other difference is Israel versus diaspora. You'll notice that the first uh, paragraph of Kriyashma is specifically geared to, the, to a person in general. This is when we come into the land of Israel. In this paragraph, if we don't listen to Hashem, we are kicked out of the land of Israel, but yet we still keep the mitzvahs. So just to hone in on those ideas, um, we're focusing on the first two together, the idea of accepting the yoke of mitzvahs and the idea of individual versus community. The Ramban points out an unbelievable point, and that is, is that, that the reason why schar v'onesh, reward and punishment, is mentioned specifically in the second paragraph of Kriyashma, and this aliyah, which talks about the community, is because really schar v'onesh is primarily operative when it comes to communities and not individuals. The Ramban has a very complex idea, which is to, to be tracked throughout all the writings of the Ramban, across all his writings in Chumash and in his the Kisvei Ramban. But he mentions the idea over here that great tzaddikim and great rishayim, um, great righteous people and evil people, are warranted very specific providence. But the general Hamon Am, the general populace, are not granted specific providence. Rather, they fall into the, ca- the category of communal providence, Hashkacha Klalis, and that's why when we talk about reward and punishment, it's only in the context of community. Very fascinating thing. Can that shift? There's a whole discussion. When a person prays, can they eject themselves up into Hashkacha Pratis according to Ramban? This is a very large and fascinating discussion, which bridges upon paragraph 1 and paragraph 2 of Kriyashma. Another point to focus on over here is the Israel versus diaspora. Why is it that the, the second paragraph is emphasizing diaspora jury and the, um, when a person is kicked out of the land of Israel. So Ramban says because the mitzvahs over here which are tefillin, Torah and mezuzah, those are the primary three mitzvahs which are focused upon obviously Kriya Shema itself which is incorporated into the paragraph are what's called a mitzvah haguf. 
which it's, it's, it's dependent on a person, not a place. So that's why it is, these are the mitzvahs which are focused upon because even in Chutzlar, it's even in the diaspora, a person has the responsibility to do them. Unlike Trumas and Maestros, which are the, um, actually the same letters, Taf and Mem, instead of Torah and, or Tulen and Mezuzos, it's Trumas and Maestros, which are dependent on context and place, which a person would not be able to perform in the diaspora. These are the ones to show us the rule for the rest of the diaspora mitzvah is that chovas aguf, anything which is respond, uh, responsible on a person's body, therefore uh, a person would, would per, perform in chutz la'aretz. However, Rashi, um, as quoted by the Ramban, does have a more radical approach, and that is the idea that really the mitzvahs in chutz la'aretz are being told to us as practice. Really, Technically speaking, mitzvahs are really only incumbent upon uh, us in the land of Israel. But when we go to the diaspora, we do it to be mitzuyonim, to be practiced worthy and to be perfect by the time we come back, which means the real performance of mitzvahs really actually only occurs in the land of Israel. That really puts things into a much more dramatic perspective. This is helping us understand the difference between paragraph 1 and paragraph 2 in the Kriyashvah. With this, we end the sixth aliyah in Pasha's Ekev. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.